Welcome back to the Doggy Juice Pub. This is episode number 149, Friday, December 1st, 2023, and thank you for making the Doggy Juice Pod a part of your week. We're in the thick of the holiday season right now. Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. Pour one out for the college football regular season, which is now over, and we're now moving on to the conference championship games, and then on Sunday, the release of the college football bowl season schedule. Now we got college hoops taking center stage on Saturdays. We're also entering the home stretch of the NFL regular season. And of course, the NBA, the NHL, and all the other sports are going on right now as well. So in this episode, I'll touch on a little bit of everything. But starting with an issue on the regulatory side, we had a ruling on an issue with DraftKings that I'm going to touch on first here. So let's get going. So before I dive into college hoops, college football, and the NFL, we had some news this week with the DraftKings situation involving poorly posted lines, whatever you want to put, erroneous lines. On Thursday, the Massachusetts Gaming Commission decided to allow DraftKings to void over 100 same-game parlays um, on the NBA that were placed in October and involved faulty odds. And it was a 3-2 to two vote, I should add, by the... MGC, and it's going to save DraftKings over a half million dollars. Basically what happened is DraftKings has third-party partners that provide odds to them, just like most other sports books, and they were relying on their third-party provider Sportcast on certain NBA markets on the date in question, and Sportcast basically fed them mistaken lines, so like LeBron James full game over under points at eight and a half. Um, and of course, some bettors took advantage of this in multiple states, and now in Massachusetts, we have a ruling basically siding with the book here, allowing them to void these bets and some other states as well, which I believe is a slippery slope big time. And this is not the first time we've had a ruling on this. We've had some issues with pass posting as well, which is discernible from this one as well, I should add. You know, pass posting is when you just take advantage of a stale, not even a stale line, just a, a line that's that shouldn't be up anymore, a bad line, you could say. Um, but this gets a little bit more murky because these lines were, yes, they were they were off lines. They were mistaken lines. And obviously, anybody with a LeBron over-under point total at 8.5 is going to want to take the over there. But where I worry here is where we draw the line. And you see other states here, like New Jersey, that have made it clear that they're siding with... You don't want to say siding with the betters here. It's basically just something that they've been upfront with all along. And back to my play-up days in New Jersey, uh, Chuck Kimmel and, and the team over there the, with the New Jersey... Uh, Division of Gaming Enforcement, they made it clear before we went live with play up that if you're going to post a bad line, if you're going to post plus 35 when the line should be minus 35, you can't void those bets. And the thinking is, and, and the reasoning, the, the explicit reasoning from the DGE on this issue is if you're going to take away resources, not put the proper resources, be it financial resources or even human resources on on quality control on these, then you know, then that's your fault. It's a it's a cave out M tour. Buyer beware. If you're not going to be putting the resources, then you should be suffering the consequences. Why should the better suffer uh, for putting up a bad line? Now there are moral issues to this too, and I should go. With, I should say this right away. That's this is not to say that players who take advantage of things like this, um, you know, not to say they shouldn't be 86 by the sports books, or at least you know, uh, sports books could do whatever they want. If people are taking advantage of things like this. As a better, you absolutely deserve anything coming your way when it comes to being flagged by the operator and anything the operator wants to do with your account. Um, I always say, always keep your long-term relationship 
with your sports books in mind. Um, but these wagers should not have been canceled, in my view, because of the slippery slope Pandora's box that this opens when it comes to subjectivity on, on game lines. So, yes, the betters, shame on you for taking advantage of what you know is, is, to, is a bad line. I don't think this is as bad as past posting, you know, taking advantage of clearly a stale bad line. This is just taking advantage of an offline. But still, if let's say you're a grandma and you're new to sports betting and you're looking around, you decide to create an account on DraftKings and you're, you're looking at the NBA and, and you notice that LeBron's over-under is eight and a half. And you think, oh, that's a great bet. You may not even know that you're taking advantage of a bad line. Maybe you're new to this. And now people like that grandma, they win that money. The money's then taken away, and they lose faith in this entire system. Like, what the hell? I, you know, I did something good here, and I won, and now my money was taken away. Now, that's not to say that most people in the situation that took advantage of this were like a grandma, but where do you draw the line is my big worry on this. And New Jersey's made it clear where they stand. Kudos to Connecticut as well for standing firm with this. You just got to make the the everything clear to the sports books. If you're going to be not putting the resources into quality control or or look at these lines, constantly monitor what's up there in the markets. You shouldn't be offering the markets. You shouldn't be in the game of sports betting. You can't go crying back to the regulator when you lose money uh, like this because you were bad at your job. That's really what it comes down to. But um, my fear really is more in, in you know what, what this looks like in terms of precedent moving forward. Obviously, a 3-2 split in Massachusetts shows uh, that there were some reasonable minds differed on this. But I always want to side with the betters on this because I, I think it's important to keep the big picture in mind on issues like this. And when you're relying on third parties that are doing a shitty job, someone's got to suffer the consequences. You can't just go back and and uh, and, and go crying foul to the regulator on this. So DraftKings got what they wanted here, obviously, and at least in, in Massachusetts. And and my worry though is is where this where this goes from here. If you're not going to want to pay for the tech or the the resources, you shouldn't be in this game and. And um, and I'm worried about the subjectivity when, as an industry, to be frank, we're trying to keep action out of the black and gray market and keep everything above board here. I think it's imperative as now as much as ever that betters across America have faith in this system. And things like this, when you're taking money away from betters, and, and especially the, the the new story that it creates, it just serves it serves to muddy the waters and put the implication in and the perception out there, even if it's not really reality, and this is the, the fair result, the perception out there that the system may be rigged against the better, and we should not be having that. I think we should be having a hardline stance on this stuff, and books should clean up their act. If you're going to want to offer so many markets um, on these and same-game parlays and take advantage of betters with high hold percentages, I may add, on these same-game parlays, then you've got to put the proper resources in there to monitor them. You can't uh, just get a free pass here when, when things go against you as a sports book. So... Uh, kudos to New Jersey with their rule there, and I, I think other states should actually uh, follow suit there. College hoop season is in absolute full swing now. We've had some holiday tournaments already, and we've had some great games so far this season. It's been fun to uh, monitor some teams. Really, I've had to do a lot of updating on my ratings uh, early on, early season, where you're more willing to to swing a rating on a team a little bit more uh, than you are later in the season, of course. Um, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a fun start. Hope that you've all been taking advantage of this. There's definitely been a lot of slow movers, especially man, ESPN bet. If you guys are able to get down there, they, uh, which obviously is an issue once you start showing that you can win. I know they've been notoriously slow on some of these line moves. You can really pick them off pretty easily. Um, the Ken Palm top 10 at the time of recording this on Friday morning, Houston, Purdue, Yukon, Arizona, Marquette, Baylor, Kansas, Tennessee, 
BYU, yes, BYU, and Gonzaga. And the Doggy Juice top 10 of my ratings as of today, as of Friday, Purdue at number one, got Houston, then Arizona, then UConn, Kansas, Duke, Marquette, Tennessee, Gonzaga, and Baylor. But it's tight. You know, the next few teams, it's it's a pretty tight uh, uh, system right now. Or like my ratings look pretty tight just because we have a lot more parity at the top this year, which which is going to be fun. I think it's going to be a really fun March for that reason. And we've got a massive Saturday card. The college football regular season now gives way to college hoops on Saturdays. We've got wall-to-wall action with hundreds of games, hundreds of sides, totals and derivatives and props for the books to watch over. And, of course, we as betters, we get to pick our spots. And as always, we always should shop around for the best price. I can feel it all the way down in my plums, getting all swollen. Of course, it's conference championship weekend in college football, and we've seen some decent line movement throughout the week on some of these spreads and totals. Uh, We're seeing Oregon laying a big number against Washington in the Pac-12 title game, a revenge spot for them, of course. Washington beat them earlier in the year in their lone head-to-head. Uh, that game opened seven and a half, eight. Oregon and immediate Oregon money came in, but we did see market resistance at ten there, nine and a half, ten, and now that line's down to eight and a half, nine consensus as we record this on Friday. In the SEC title game, we saw some Georgia money earlier in the week. Uh, that one's now sitting Georgia minus five and a half consensus as we record this. My alma mater, the Iowa Hawkeyes, they're squaring off against Michigan in the Big Ten title game on Saturday night. Who would have thought? <laughs> um, but on Iowa-Michigan, it's really interesting because I do have a position on my Hawkeyes in this game. And per Brad Powers, college football handicapper, in games where a team is a three-touchdown favorite or more and the total is 37 or less, like we're seeing in this one, the favorite is 2-11 and 11 against the spread all time. And that line has dropped uh, went from 23, 23.5 consensus down to 22, 21.5 earlier in the week. And uh, that money was, um, it was interesting. My money was part of that move. But Iowa historically has, it's, they've been tough in these types of games. It's a classic letdown spot for Michigan, too, of course, after beating Ohio State in the big game last week, which was an effective football playoff, college football playoff game, of course. So how do they get up for this one with the same intensity? It's really hard to imagine. And if Iowa slows this down, which they obviously can with that top-tier defense and keep it low-scoring and low-variance, I really like them to cover uh, this number at anything over three touchdowns. So at plus 21.5, I, I really think it's it's worth a small look on the Hawkeyes. I was really hoping for 24 for a full position. As soon as I start saw it starting to move, I, I hopped on those 23.5s, 23s. You might see those come back, but I'd definitely check out some first half as well. 14 would uh, catch him 14 in the first half with that would really be ideal, but I'm seeing some 13.5s out there, and that's worth a look, although 14 for anything serious. So be on the lookout and shop around for the best price there. But I, I do think the, there's a path for the Hawkeyes to keep that game close enough to cover that big number. On, on Saturday night. And just a quick aside, obviously what happens Saturday is going to determine this year's college football playoff. It's it's huge that that, Mich- or sorry, that Florida State game is, everyone knows the importance of all that. You hear so much chatter about it. But for me, it's really simple. You have to reward the teams for their play on the field. And if Florida State wins, they absolutely should be in. I know they're missing their star quarterback, but what do you say to the other players who've been busting their ass going undefeated all year if they don't make the college football playoff? And they're, of course, a Power 5 conference undefeated team. We've never seen a team, a situation like that where a team like that uh, doesn't get in. So they absolutely should get in. Of course, it won't be the best for college football. And similarly, 
uh, Texas and Alabama, if if it comes down between them for the final playoff spot, then Texas should absolutely get in. So because they beat Alabama at Alabama earlier in the year, these games have to matter. And yes, as a college football fan, I don't want to see Florida State uh, beat Louisville on Sunday. Um, I do actually do have some Louisville money at three and a half. Of course, that's come down now uh, south of a field goal. But uh, Florida State, they're going to be 14 and a half point dogs against Georgia in the college football playoff if they play. They'll be 11 and a half point dogs or thereabouts against Michigan and Oregon, 10 and a half if they play Alabama. And they'd be in a neutral about eight or nine against against Ohio State and pretty similar to, to Texas as well. So um, obviously we want Florida, just as, as fans, we don't want to see Florida State win. If we actually had the best teams every year and the committee, you know, that's where you, we worry a little bit. They said they want the best teams in. If they truly do, they should just go to the Vegas odds makers every year and have them choose the top four teams and, and have them have them play. And my ratings right now have Georgia at the top. I got Michigan about three points worse on a neutral than Georgia. Oregon about the same as Michigan. And then Alabama, Ohio State are right there as well, uh, pretty close to, to Michigan and Oregon. And then I have Texas about three points worse than Alabama on a neutral. So if Florida State wins, they need to be in. But hopefully they make it easy on all of us on Saturday and we get competitive games in this year's college football playoff. But I figured I'd bring that up because uh, just as, you know, when you start getting the committee playing handicapper, there's when you have problems and stuff. And luckily next year we're moving to the 12-team playoff. We don't have to deal with this stuff, and it's more games for us to bet on next year. Speaking of more games to bet on in college football, the college football Bulls schedule will be released on Sunday at around noon Eastern time, 11 a.m. Central time. The lines are going to go up shortly after that, and there will be opportunities just like every year. We will see some big line movements, and I've, I'll have my numbers ready for it, but uh, don't just let the numbers be your guide on this. Not only are matchups and, and your number, matchup considerations and your numbers obviously as important as ever, and I definitely always defer to the numbers, but in college football bowl season, you really can make the argument that the qualitative handicap matters more than pretty much any other side total uh, deal that you're dealing with on, on major sports. And I've, I've touched on this in the podcast here in previous years, but motivation is such a major consideration in your handicapping when it comes to college bowl season. It does create more variance. So I always say, don't man, really steer clear of laying mon- big money lines with with, uh, with big favorites in bowl season and look to take more dogs on the money line. You know, books are aware of this as well, and they're going to move accordingly a little bit. But I don't think the market's quite uh, caught up to, to that phenomenon where it's just a little bit more variance on the money line. So definitely be willing to take more dogs on the money line and be less willing to, to lay big money line prices with uh, big favorites with the type of variance we see in college football bowl season. But motivation is such an important factor. And for clues, look at a team's preseason expectations, where where they're heading now, or sorry, their preseason expectations versus where they're heading now into bowl season. Uh, that matters so much to determine a team's motivation. If they had high hopes to maybe win their conference or play in, you know, play in the college football playoff or even in a in a January bowl game, but they end up in a, a lot shittier of a bowl game, are they really going to get up for this? Are they really going to be as excited for it? And related to that, look at a team's location in the bowl season. It's hard to, to see a team get up to play in a lousy location or a lousy weather, um, especially when it's in combination. You know, got a team that was hoping to play in, in – uh, you know, New Year's Six Bowl game, and they said they're flying out. You know, to a, you know, to some random place to play against a, a mid-major team. It's it's hard to get up for those games for them. Whereas you might have a mid-major team that's just happy to be bowling, and maybe they haven't played in a bowl game in several years, and they're going to really focus in on the preparation for that game because the preparation for these bowl games, you have so many more practices to prepare for this one game. It does matter more than just uh, the preparation for a typical college football week. So. 
that's something to keep in mind, and especially with around New Year's and the holidays when there's other distractions as well for some of these players. You know, take, pay attention to where they're going in their uh, in terms of location. On the coaching side, consider um, looming coaching changes or lame duck coaching situations. Uh, the substitute teacher effect, as I like to touch on, if you, the players in the bowl game know that the, the coaching staff is not going to be their coaching staff next year, are you really going to care as much about that co- what that coach's opinion is? Um, it's not going to affect your playing time the next year as well. And, you know, you, who knows, maybe you're even looking to transfer yourself. But there's uh, the substitute teacher effect, I think, is very real when it comes to bowl season. And conversely, it can be an audition for some players in some spots when a new coach or a new regime has their foot in the door already. Sometimes you seek some new coaches, um, take new gigs, and their first game they're coaching is actually the bowl game. Or maybe they're at least involved with the practices or um, some other situations like that where you know that the coach you're going to be trying to audition for the next year for your playing time next year. And, and just from a motivational standpoint, it can actually matter a lot. There's a lot of things to consider and it will be good for you to have a game plan and, and a grading on a team's perspective, motivation and other intangibles like this on top of your power ratings. When the bowl matchups are released on Sunday and bowl game spreads and totals go up shortly after. Hello! Moving on to the NFL, we are seeing some inflated lines in the NFL this weekend, week 13, almost every favorite covered last week. That They may have something to do with it, but much more so. I think the market is pricing in some teams to really just completely fall off a cliff at, at this point in the season uh, for whatever reason. Maybe uh, there's internal strife or maybe there's uh, focus is already on next year and they're trying to play you know, younger guys. There's There's a lot of reasons for it, but you're seeing the market price in some stuff here where you know, if you just have basic market-based power ratings, even just deriving, you know, driving them from previous weeks, even if you don't make your own numbers and you look at, you know, how the lines have been, how the teams have been priced in previous weeks in the market, you are definitely catching some eye-opening spots with with some teams laying some big numbers. Uh, the Chargers laying now five, five and a half on the road against the Patriots. That was six at one point. That that's one. Um, because the Chargers laying points against anybody on the road is, uh, with this defense is pretty surprising. But you know, you're seeing the Commanders catching nine and a half at home against the Dolphins, and I actually lean under in that game as well. Um, but which is hard to do in a Dolphins game. But um, that's one. And of course, the Rams they were laying five and a half against the Browns. We did see some Browns money come in uh, to drive this one down to three and a half as I record this. But uh, the Chiefs laying six on the road in Green Bay on Sunday Night Football. Now, that's that's a big number. The Jaguars uh, lay an eight, eight and a half against the Bengals on Monday Night Football. That's another line that looks a little bit inflated there, obviously, with uh, the Bengals' season imploding following the, the Joe Burrow injury. But uh, the ones I like the most from that bunch, though, the Patriots and the Packers. I, I do need a six to get involved for anything serious on, on both of those. It's definitely there on the Packers. Um, you can find those right now. The the Patriots, that line did move down a little bit, so I'd be on the lookout for that one, but definitely would sprinkle some money line there. Um, you know, just from the angle, the Patriots do, of course, I mean, it's hard back in the Patriots right now, and you can make an argument, you should steer clear of them, but they do a good job of shutting down the other team's top option on offense. You know, historically, that's what Belichick does, and it's really just a, a one-trick pony in the receiving game with Keenan Allen uh, for the Chargers, and of course, they rely on Eckler, but he hasn't been doing as good of a job, and and the Patriots offense could maybe have some running success on this team. It's going to be hard, uh, obviously, to back the Patriots offense here. But if they keep it a little bit lower scoring there, I think they have, a, they have a solid chance to cover that line for sure, catching six or more, five and a half. It's, it's one of those spots where uh, just might want to stay away, but definitely would lean the side of the, of the Patriots. My numbers do say to bet, to bet the Patriots this week, but when you consider the totality of things, I wouldn't blame anyone just for wanting to sit that one out. 
Uh, one where I'm not going to be able to sit out, even though they've been taking my money the past few weeks, is the Panthers. Uh, I really wanted a six. They're catching five and a half at some spots on the road against the Bucks in that game. But we have an interesting, there, there's a reason to, t- to back the Panthers this week where there wasn't in previous weeks. Of course, we had the coaching change, and there with Frank Wright getting fired this week. We've got the new coach in there, the interim coach who's coming in the, uh, from the special teams, special teams coach Chris Tabor. He's, he's ultra intense, that guy. And you saw what happened with the Raiders earlier in the year when Pierce became the interim head coach in a similar spot. You saw a big circle the wagons effort. Now, is this going to solve the, pa- the Panthers' problems? No, it's not. But you know, from a motivational standpoint, and from the you know, team just finally being clear of Frank Reich, you're, you're reading more about what's happening and behind the scenes there. And players didn't really like him, especially when he took back the play calling duties. Now the play calling duties are back the, with the same guy that they were after the bye week. So there's been a systemic change there. And if anything, you may see a one week boost from this team just with that added surge of, of adrenaline and energy from the coaching change. So it's a good spot to back them there in a division rivalry game. Uh, really was hoping for a six to get into that one. But I, I think anything plus four and a half or more is at least worth a look full game. But also look at the first half as well. There's plenty of threes out there at minus 110 as I record this in the first half. And I have to hat tip this to Adam Shirtoff because he broke it down this week um, uh, pretty well elsewhere. But there's a really good angle here on Bryce Young's rushing prop. There, there's more news that's come out about ownership wanting more RPOs out of Rice, uh, out of Bryce Young and Frank Reich refusing to do it as much as ownership wanted um, and and now this new intense head coach is in there of course and 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 I think the stage is set for them to lean into these RPOs a little bit more remember when the Bears unleashed Justin Fields a couple years back at the tail end of that season I think it was after like a bye week or something and he just went off to close out the season I'm not expecting Bryce Young to go Justin Fields on us but it's definitely a similar setup there where you could see a little bit of a change and we're seeing low numbers that the props out there is rushing props I'm seeing 10 and a half 11 and a half on his total rushing yards that's worth a look as I record this I think um, on the over this week on Bryce Young's rushing yards so definitely worth a look there And of course, it's teaser time. Uh, the official Doggy Juice Pod NFL teaser of the week is now 8-4 and four after losing last week. We actually lost with both legs last week on the Lions and, and Browns. Man, books really cleaned up because everyone and their uncle had the Lions teaser on Thanksgiving last week. But, but we move on. And for those unaware about advantage NFL teaser strategy, you got it's, it's two team six-point NFL teasers. You got to tease them through both or the key numbers of three and seven on both legs of that teaser. It's also, also known as the Stanford Wong teaser. Everyone's aware of it now. That's the problem. And you have to be laying minus 120 or less. That's the rub here because most books are protecting against this with either just just moving the pricing into an unplayable range altogether. You know, Circa is doing it at minus 130, and they're the industry leader when it comes to fairness in the industry. But some books are using dynamic odds, and when you're moving through the three and the seven, they're charging you even more. So a lot of books are onto this. DraftKings is the lone book that I'm aware of of all the big boys on the regulated market that still offers minus 120 on these. Um, of course, offshore, if you have a place, you know, faraway places that offers minus 110, cherish it for as long as you can because I think those days are numbered on these. Um, just the, with lower scoring in the NFL this year, less variance. Teasers have been cleaning up on, on this front all year. And, of course, we're 8-4 and four on our Doggy Juice Pod Teaser of the Week. So... Got to be through the three and the seven on both legs of the two-team six-point teaser. Got to be laying less than minus 120. And this week, we have a few candidates. The Titans were in range, and I really was hoping. If I recorded this early in the week, I would have been able to get it. You know, they were 
catching two, but that line's now moved to to plus one consensus. So I can't give that one out. I will mention that six and a half point teasers are worthwhile if you're just paying ten cents more than the minus one. So at minus one thirty, that's the the limit of the buy price. Some books in faraway places only charge you minus one twenty for a six and a half point teaser. Absolutely worth including the Titans on those, especially if you can open it up with an open leg that you can use later on on a six and a half point teaser at minus one thirty or better on the Titans from plus one up to plus seven and a half. That's worth a look, but we can't use them on our six point teaser here. Uh, the Jets, they're an option. You can get them from plus two up to plus eight at home against the Falcons with a low total at 33.5 that magnifies the value of every point that you're teasing through. So that one's solid. Even though that line was three, you were able to catch three with the Jets earlier in the week. Um, but still, just looking at things as the market becomes more efficient, it's still still worthwhile teaser leg. And then the final one is the Jags. The Jags from eight and a half, you could tease them from eight and a half down to lay in minus two and a half at home against the Bengals on Monday Night Football. Uh, in terms of our Doggy Juice Pod teaser of the week, it's a tough one. Like I mentioned, because I wanted it, I really wanted it to be Titans and Jags, but um, just can't do that. So we're going to have to uh, audible a little bit here for our official Doggy Juice Pod NFL teaser of the week for week 13. Let's call it the Jets from plus two up to plus eight at home against the Falcons and pair them with the Jags from minus eight and a half down to minus two and a half at home on Monday Night Football. Go, DJ! All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Doggy Juice Pod. As always, follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Doggy Juice. If you enjoyed listening to this, all I ask is just take a few seconds just to rate the Doggy Juice Podcast on Apple Podcasts, maybe even leave a review. Better yet, just bring it up to someone that you uh, you think would be interested in learning more about the latest in state-by-state sports betting legalization or just how to become a sharper sports better during these very exciting times. Anything you help do to spread the word is always appreciated, especially when you're just passing it on to a friend. That's the best way to grow this thing organically. But uh, appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you all soon. Enjoy your weekend. Good luck on your action. Talk to you all next week. Doggy juice.